Hello and welcome back to another Mean Green Podcast. This is episode 13 chronologically, episode 14 in total. I am, as always, your host, Reed Smith. I'm here with Milo Mahalpsis. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. For some reason, it feels like it's been a while since we've recorded Nappy. I feel it, like it's it does. been a while, but it really hasn't. It's been the same In less than a week. In less than a week. And technically... We did two in one week. We did. So, um, the last one I didn't get out in a timely fashion. It was finals week. Uh, I'm at, remember that 10 page paper I was talking about in the last normal podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, for Friday and Saturday, when I usually release the podcast, I was doing that paper because I decided to procrastinate it until the final two days of it. Uh, being available before it was due so so he is a student first before another mean green podcast host that's generous to say but we'll see um <laughs> you know i feel like journalism and like if you want to be like serious about journalism and also like serious about school it's so difficult to balance the two because yeah you're, you're, yeah 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 it's difficult, but you know, we're here. Um, I, I feel like I have had an okay experience with journalism while in college. Uh, it's kind of slowing down now, but that 10 page paper wasn't slowing down my guy. It was awful. That is the worst assignment I've ever had in my life. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's people will hate on journalism. They'll say it's an easy major, easy track. I call BS on that because journalism is one of those majors where you cannot just coast through it and just do classwork. Like you have to do some sort of extracurricular uh, and get yourself involved in journalism one way or another outside of class, in addition to writing stories for class. So I, I feel like journalism students, they really get no slack. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate because the perception of journalism is that it's an easy major and you shouldn't do it because it doesn't pay that well coming out of college and blah, blah, blah. And it's uh, it gets a lot of negative rap when it really shouldn't. So there's a lot of work that goes on. Exactly. And I mean, you think about it, if you want to do work in journalism, which we both did, uh, you did journalism work in college. Uh, I'm doing journalism work in college. If you want to do work while you're doing journalism classes, it's like double journalism. It's like having two jobs because those journalism classes, especially the 3300s to the 4000 levels, you know, they get like an, and let's be, I'm going to whisper this. So nobody in, nobody in UNT's uh, Mayborn hears this. The journalism classes in early days do not prepare you for what you're going to have to face. It's the later classes that do that. And I'm currently in the later classes. So yeah, those, those entry level journalism classes are not too bad. When you reach those upper level 3000, 4000 level courses, you look back on when you took those 2000 level courses and you're like, man, I wish I I took that. uh, You know, I I really appreciated that at the time. Wish I didn't take it for granted. (laughs) exactly man it's like oh dude i had to write a 500 word essay or like a 500 word response in 2300 it's like oh now the last paper i just wrote was 4,000 plus words so 
Right. <sighs> is what it is. I'm continually envious of you for being done with school, but we're making it. We're almost there. So you'll get there. You're almost there. Right. I feel like I okay. So one one more thing was like when I was in your position, I felt like there was this giant switch when I became like the second semester of my junior year. I, I don't know what it was, but I flipped the switch and I was like, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, yeah. I, and I, I know you're I probably going through that right now. Yeah. So it hit me like a truck. And that final year is, it's the longest thing ever. So for sure. And before we get into the actual meat of the show, I kind of want to talk about like how you and I is a podcast. For the Mean Green, we're called another Mean Green podcast because that's precisely what we are. The podcast scape, in my opinion, is such a, we, we like to call it green-pilled. It's such a green-pilled area to where I feel like, and this is for most schools, not, not just uh, uh, Milo's cat is going across the camera. That was, yeah. that was quite entertaining, <laughs> but it's not, it's not just UNT across a lot of different schools and their podcast landscape there's not a lot of podcasts that they're not just gonna sit there and be like oh boy i mean i can't believe like they're gonna be emotional about their school and they're gonna be pretty biased right. toward it yeah they sprinkle a little and bit of what we call fanalism in there <laughs> you know being a fan and a journalist at the same so time. I, listen listen i i have had this discussion before it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the official the official source battle. I think I think people that followed me on yeah. Twitter remember that that everybody wants to be an official source, but Milo and I aren't sitting here saying saying we are official sources. Sure, I could be considered one, I guess, because I I'm like with twenty four seven sports. I am the UNT. Right. You actually report the games, sports. Yeah. but like. If it was just like next year when I'm not doing UNT stuff anymore and you and I are just doing this podcast, do you really, I, I, I just being in journalism school after going through it, I wouldn't expect anybody to be like another mean green podcast reported. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I literally, I would not. And I know that um, recently you shared some new information with me that there's some people out there that do get their mean green coverage from another mean green podcast, which yeah. yeah. I mean, way to go, of course. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you. Give you a round of applause. But at the same time, we do not expect to be credited for any information. If we were to no. break information, I still would not, we would not expect no. to be credited. I mean, it looks we're kind just, of silly dude, saying. We're just a couple oh, of jabronis. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it looks kind of dumb when you say, uh, according to another Mean Green podcast, uh, Chandler Rogers is entering the transfer portal. Like, it's kind of dumb. So, yeah, but like, think of it. Think of it not with just another Mean Green podcast, but with any Mean Green podcast, like citing them and saying, according to such and such podcast, they're interesting. Like, it, it just sounds kind of silly. Like, if you wanted to say, like, according to 24 7 sports via their podcast, okay, then I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, that's fine because then you're attributing an, an actual publication. We've been very vocal about how if you're not with a real publication then you're not really news we've compared it to reddit i believe to like yeah if that was like uh 
Big Balls 45 on Reddit said that this building was hit today. And I was, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that because it's from Reddit. Because it's from Reddit. Anybody can post yeah. from there. I mean, hell, Milo and I have been saying for three months that Jamori Macklin was going to enter the portal. When he entered the portal, we're not, we weren't like, see? We had it first. We <laughs> should get credit from the Denver Record Chronicle for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I think if it's a journalist writing a story, they have to find somewhere and and maybe the, the, there's public there's podcasts and different blogs and stuff maybe they are correct but there's a difference between being correct and credible yeah you yeah know? i think there i think there needs to be some line that is drawn there journalistically you would rather get it straight from the horse's mouth so i didn't write an attaway in the portal story it's just it's not going to get the generation of views i would want it to but i didn't write about adaway in the portal if i would have written it i just would have waited for oscar to enter the portal then i would have said via announcement on his twitter or on his ex or whatever you know like i would maybe yeah it was by his ex she told me (laughs) (laughs) uh his uh not like if he i would have just like i wouldn't have attributed anybody i wouldn't have been like brett video that didn't write your chronicle reports no i would have been like on his ex, in parentheses, formerly known as Twitter, Attaway put out a statement that read, and that's what I would have done. Because with yeah. the Portal stuff, it's like, who wants to be a credit hound on Portal stuff? I don't know. Some people love their fame. They love their glory. Well, here's our uh, top Another Mean Green podcast tip. We don't care about fame. We do not care about glory. We care about giving our opinions and giving y'all good entertaining content to listen to and that's why we're here where we don't have any other agendas and with that let's get to the hardwood baby let's yeah. get it just that was a psa from the another mean green podcast post it on socials do whatever you want with it i don't care yeah unt men's basketball milo has not been good uh you made a prediction at the beginning of the season on three different episodes where you said well, you know, they've been pretty good, but they're just not going to be as good as they were with McCaslin. And I was like, yeah, give it some time. I think Hodge, I think the word I used was Ross Hodge is a chip off the McCaslin block. And sure, he, he still may be eventually, yeah. but the last two games have been devastating and defined by late game. I mean, you hate to say it, but late game chokes. Yeah. You know, I know ball. I know ball. No, okay. So, yeah. So, I have been a very strong advocate for this. Not so much an advocate, but I mean, you know, I have said time and time again that this team needs to figure it out because they're getting so close in these games and they blow it. Um, There's something wrong there and there's something that needs to be fixed. And we saw it in that in season tournament, the Charleston Classic. I think that's what it's called. We saw it there. um, And then we saw it against Boise. And then we see it against Fordham. And how about that game winner? That was abysmal, dude. A a standing dunk? A standing dunk. You lose the game off a standing dunk. I I mean, I just... It it wasn't wasn't a pretty passing play to set up a wide open three or a a mid-range. Standing dunk. No, Could have been guarded, could have been blocked. Yeah. It's just... I think Aaron Scott was supposed to have Abdu Simbilla on that play, and Abdu just found his way to the rim 
And yeah. even the Yes, the Yes Network, the Yes King Network sounded like shocked at the yeah at the thing. Yeah. They're like, and Abdul goes, oh, he, he made it. Fordham wins. It's like, yeah, yeah. Who who the hell wins on a dunk? Who wins like, off a standing dunk? Yeah, I mean, literally. And then it it almost looked like it went up in slow motion. Yeah, that's how bad it was. It was just like I thought he wouldn't slow. even. I didn't even think he'd have time to like dunk it. That yeah. that's how slow yeah. he went up because I was I like, surely he's not going to dunk this, and he did. It's like if you're a Mean Green fan watching this on the couch. It's got to be like Mike Myers just busted into your home, held you at knife point, raised it up ever so slowly, and then brought it back down ever so slowly, just oh like jabbing that knife right into your well, chest. Like, I mean, I mean that's a hell of a description right there. But I mean, I mean, I'm looking, that's probably what it felt like. I'm looking at a picture right here of it uh, that Fordham posted, Fordham MBB on X, what they posted and i mean if you're looking at the photo aaron scott is falling backwards robert allen has front row tickets to the show jason edwards got some upper mezzanine seats and it's just watching him dunk ruben is man marking his guy and then you just you have jason behind or john bugs i mean behind him just like looking desperate and then you have all the coaches behind. I mean, that's a great shot. Shout out to whoever took that photo. That's a yeah, great I'm shot. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. That's really good. But I mean, that's just looking at looking at the video here now. I mean, that just shouldn't happen, Milo. It just it just shouldn't happen. He he just had a free run to the bucket. He was open. Scott yeah. just fell asleep. You know, he was caught yeah. staring the wrong way. Um, yeah. I mean, if you just look at him. Like if we pause it right here, and I know this, we're not a visual podcast, so this is this might be interesting. So let me paint this picture for you. I'm a I'm a get on my uh, Eric Nadell uh, hat here. So Aaron Scott and John Bugs both wearing uh, all green jerseys. Uh, Scott uh, wearing number one. John Bugs double zero uh, is is the Fordham player that wins it. Uh, I don't feel like saying his name, so I don't think anyone really cares about his name either. Um, Bugs is chasing him, but so the zero gets to the he gets to the baseline. He gets double teamed by by Robert Allen and Jones. Good play there to trap him, right? Good play to trap yeah. him in the corner. He's looking, he's looking. He passes it into the paint right under the basket. Looks Scott, like he gets tipped. Scott is watching the play. He's, he's not watching. watching the cut. And Bugs and Scott just can't get there in time. Puts it in with literally, it goes through the hoop. It is 0.1 seconds left on the clock. Uh, so shout out uh, Abdu, uh, Simbala. I mean, a heck of a play by him. You can't fault him. Uh, you know, you, you can't say like, yes, if, if, if UNT plays better defense there than Abdu Simbala. Simbala does not have a, a, a route to the rim, but you know, they did everything right on that play until that point. So, you know, they got Jaffet or they got Jaffet Mador, they got him to the baseline in the double team. They put him in a bad situation. And you hate to say it's anybody's fault, but you really do have to say, like, 
Aaron Scott has got to be what if you're right there, he has got to be watching where he is. You know, he's got to be man marking yeah. the big man coming in and cutting to the basket. And he did not, which let leaves an open pass from a door to get it to Simbella who puts the game away. It's just mental mistakes like that that shouldn't be happening to a team that's been defined by defense for the last seven years. Yeah, but again, this is a team that's been under Grant McCaslin for the last, what, five years? Just yeah. probably more than that, right? So this is um, this is an example. I, I truly feel that this is an example. This would not have happened under McCaslin. We also got to keep in mind that it is nine games into the season. Whether you like it or not, it's a new, it's a new group of guys for a, for a large part of it. It's a new coach, even though he's not new. I know he's not new, but he's new to being a head coach. He's new to being a head coach. Exactly. And I'm sure he's still learning the reins on that a little bit. And it's an almost entirely new staff. So, yeah. you know, I think that they're learning. They're, they're, taking some hard lessons because the, the, the loss to Boise state and Fordham, those are two games that, that should have been won. I mean, it, yeah, but I also you, think they should have won. They should have won the game against St. John's. Well, it, it kind of goes back. Yeah. It kind of goes, goes back to that, back. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. kind of goes back to if they win that game, do they win those the next two? I mean, do they play in the Charleston classic final if they beat St. John's? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I just, I look at everything going back to that, and this team is just not closing out games that they need to. Right? I mean, how did you even get – I know we're talking about this really bad defense at the end of the game by Aaron Scott against Fordham, but how do you get to that position where you're, you're um, like, tied late with them, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's up. deeper. It's deeper than, oh, just one last, you know, fluky possession, right? I mean, it's it's a byproduct of, you know, not being able to pull away in these games that you yeah. really should. Yeah. And they were up 35, 23 in the first half. Yeah. So that's, again, that's not, you know, finishing your opponent, you know, uh, yep. making sure they don't get back in it. For so sure. I think we've, we've seen, we've seen this, um, we've seen this in both ways. UNT will crawl back in it and lose the game or they'll let their opponent crawl back in it and lose the game. Either way, same outcome. They lose the game. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what needs to be fixed. It's very difficult when you're, you know, in a position like this because this team, it's clear that they can win these games. They just can't finish them. So, again, they're losing these games. They're supposed to be finishing them. So, I don't know what uh, I wish John was on the podcast to hear this, but uh, the Texas Rangers blew the most saves in, in baseball in 2023. And that almost cost them their season. Of course, they caught fire in the postseason. But, you know, across all sports and just relating it back to men's basketball and UND, you got to be able to close ball games. You got to be able to close out these wins. It's just something that you have to do. That is what good teams do. That just separates good teams from great teams. Good teams get there. Great teams finish. Yeah, I think looking back on these, the early mean green teams under under McCasland, um, you know, I remember so many close games that they were in that they lose, um, right? I remember most notably when they played Oklahoma when they hosted them at the pit. Uh, really close game, but they let OU crawl back in it and come away with the win. And then 
from there, there were a few more games that, that were in a similar fashion and they, they lost close games, but eventually they figured it out. And that was that team that, that um, you know, won CUSA, they beat Purdue in March Madness. And then, you know, the team against uh, the team last year with Perry, right? So I think this mean green team, we saw them struggle in closing out games. Then eventually they figured it out for a year or two, three years. And I, I don't know. Now maybe they're, you know, they're, they're back to kind of struggling and, and figuring it out how to close games again. Uh, but, I mean, we'll just see, right, like you said, nine games in, we still have yet to even hit conference play. Uh, yeah. We might see a totally different team come conference yeah. play. You know, and it, it kind of brings to me like a team that will compete when they play bigger competition. Speaking of bigger competition, did you see that Memphis got Naquan Tomlin? I did. I did. That's, My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's huge. But, again, you know, I sit here and I, I remember seeing mean green fans attack Memphis fans, and they're going back and forth in each other. And UNT fans are saying, oh, well, you guys don't any, don't have anything to show for your program. You guys have accomplished just as much as us. Like, I'm sorry. Come back to me when UNT can get a recruit like that. I mean, instant eligibility for a guy that was an integral piece of a Final Four team last year, that's huge. That is huge. And, uh, you know, Memphis Memphis just dropped their nuts on everybody else in the American pretty much <laughs> by doing that. Because I think they're probably the only team that can pull – Someone like that, that can pull a, a, a transfer like that. Yeah, I I mean, FAU didn't even have a space. You know, they returned most of their team. I think FAU is for real. Right, but I, I mean, I'm this is just me again. If I'm a transfer or I'm a recruit, I'm going Memphis over FAU any day. Oh, yeah, for even, sure. I even mean, though you FAU, play in a yeah. giant middle school gym or an actual <laughs> arena. There's, there's <laughs> that, but then at the same time, I feel like I've, I've said this before, but, you know, FAU – they went on a big run last year. They and did. Prior to that, I mean, I feel like Memphis has more of a winning history and culture than FAU does. Yeah. So, FAU same. did just drop a game to Illinois mm. at, the, at the Madison Midgarden. Uh, <laughs> the Madison Midgarden? Yeah, where, no, where mid teams play. Arena. Uh, yeah, who plays there again? I can't remember. So, the Real like... Rangers. The oh, Real no. Rangers. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's why I didn't remember because they're false. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Aren't y'all like the best team in NHL right now? Uh, we were for like a week or two, and we're we're top five. We're still top five. So we're who still is it now? Good. Who is it now? I mean, I know this is an, an NHL. Ah, the Golden Mids. The Golden Knights. Of course, they won the cup last year. Of course, they're a good team. Yeah. Whatever. They're. They're probably cupping again this season. I don't think so, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that before we start going yeah. on to hockey. Yeah, because I could talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about hockey at some other point. But uh, Jason Edwards once again has a huge game, nineteen points in the loss to Fordham. They can't keep wasting these good performances from this young man. No, but he's 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 proven himself. I mean, I was surprised yes. at, at the contribution that we're seeing from him. I, it would be nice to see that same contribution from John Bugs, who you know there was a lot of anticipation around him. Uh, but you know, good to see that at least one player, one transfer. I believe Edwards is transfer, right? Yeah. So Hodge is actually yeah. continuing that trend of really good JUCO guys. So 
Yeah. I wrote that story at the beginning of the season where it was like, holy moly, Javian Hamlet, and then Tyler Perry, and then they get Jason Edwards from uh, <laughs> from uh, Dodge City Community College. So that JUCO like pipeline from JUCO teams that find success at a national level to UNT is it's still really working for them in, in regards to the guards. That sounds weird, but... I mean, 14.9 points per game, 34% from three. Those three numbers could go up a little bit. But, I mean, very good first nine games for Jason Edwards. I think all he's going to do is get better as he gets used to playing Div 1 opponents. But, yeah, man, any final thoughts on uh, UNT men's basketball? I don't know. It must be a frustrating time if you love watching these guys. I will say that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm... (laughs) I don't know how many more of these, you know, late game losses you can take, right? I mean, as a any fan of sports, absolutely can't stand losing late game situations nope. like that. Yep. I mean, it's one thing to lose; it's another thing to lose. Those are heartbreak losses. Those yeah. are heartbreak losses. I'll never forget when we when 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 UNT played OU, and yep. I was sitting there. I was in attendance. So it was freshman year. Um, I left dejected. I was like, dude, it freaking sucks. Cause I sat there and I, you know, I, this was when I was, you know, I just started at UNT and I was trying to, trying to get involved. I was like, man, this must suck to be if you love these guys, if you love them, you're devoted. I know there's a bunch of Mean Green fans who've been watching these guys play for years. And that could have been your shining time to say, yeah, we beat the University of Oklahoma at home. And, you know, I mean, now would be a really good season to be good for them. You know? Yeah. You got more, you got more students showing up than they have in years because I mean, we used to clown them constantly listeners, but the maniacs have done what they set out to do. They have gotten asses in seats. They have. I've seen it. I mean, kudos to them. Good for them. You know, we used to, you know, kind of make fun of that. Con- oh, pay a fan, rent a fan, yeah, pay a rent you know a mean? fan. Yeah, <laughs> but they've turned it into something with like they have a fan culture and they get student asses in seats, and that's what matters. And and what matters most is a lot of those asses are not in seats, so it's a really good student section. Um, so yeah, but when you zoom them. out, it, yeah, when you zoom out, you see that there's a bunch of students in the student section, and yeah. then there's you know, yeah, the alumni just don't show up. Yeah, yeah, and. Man, with basketball, you're right there. You sit right there in the stands, so um, you, you get a pretty good feel of the atmosphere. Uh, but I don't know, man. I feel like first year in the American, going to have some great conference opponents coming through in Memphis and FAU. You know, good student section. It's finding its way. Got some exciting players. Now is the time to fix your sh- so you can be better going down the season, so you can get people to actually show up to your games. Yeah, and I think being in the American and um, playing bigger name schools or playing Memphis, um, that's definitely going to help you out in in terms yeah. of bringing in students. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess one thing if you're if if you're a part of this team and you're sitting there in the locker room heading into a you know conference play, don't don't be discouraged at the fact that you've blown so many games, right? Even if, if they're under 500 heading into conference play, I still don't think that they should be discouraged and, you know, they should still 
still be dominant, right? There, there shouldn't be reason to worry necessarily heading into yeah. conference play because, I, I mean, you you stuck with all these opponents, right? It's not like you're getting blown out by all of them, right? You stuck with them, meaning you can beat them. You're just a bucket away from beating them. So yeah. I think that's just something to keep in mind um, to just, I, I guess, um, you know, retool and, and, and regroup and, and try and try and fix those late game woes. And once, sure. you do that, once you do that, I promise you, this team is, is probably going to be pretty competitive. Well, that's the thing, Milo. They have the talent. They do. Yeah. They do have the talent. Yeah. But kind of looking ahead here, it does not get easier for the Mean Green at first. Um, Mississippi State. Excuse me. Oh, they travel to Buffalo, Mississippi um, to face Mississippi State, who come into the game 7-2. and two. They've dropped two straight to Georgia Tech and one to Southern. Um, then they then they beat Tulane 106 to 76. <laughs> uh, holy moly! <laughs> Did the Green Wave show up? <laughs> the Green Wave, yeah, I don't know. Get a load of what they called this as well: the Holiday Hoops Giving. <laughs> Hoops Giving. Yeah, uh, then they play Murray State, the former Jaw school, um, before they take on North Texas. And do you want to know what? Do you, Gat Moran? Do you want to know what they're calling uh, their game against the North Texas? Hoops Magnolia coming? Madness. <laughs> Magnolia Madness. Why Magnolia Madness? I don't know. I do. I look like I go to Mississippi State. <laughs> Or understand anything in Mississippi? I don't know. If you and I went to Mississippi, we'd be redirected. Uh, <laughs> Ole Miss, baby. Hi, <laughs> man. Right, you playing? You playing Ole Miss? Uh, no, sir. You better get the hell out of my state. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> UTA, uh, December twenty third at the pit for UNT, and then LSU Shreveport, and on January fourth, then they are off to conference play to face a Wichita State um, to start conference play. They get to go to Kansas, which everybody knows, everybody loves going to Kansas. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that on, on it face value, that should be two and one for the remaining three non-conference games. You expect them to be LSU Shreveport. They should be beating UTA. Mississippi State's going to be a little tougher. If they beat them, that may give them some yeah. boost. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. This is Mississippi State. That's one of those games where if there's one game that could change the outlook of your season, it could be that one, right? It could yeah. change the momentum that you have heading into conference play. It could essentially erase all those worries about those, you know, late game woes and, and blowing the game. You know, just having the confidence of beating a team like Mississippi State would be huge. For sure. Um and and I, I feel like they're capable of it. They just need to put the game together. But yeah, that's that's all we got about men's basketball today. Disappointing loss to Fordham. Really disappointing loss. Should have won that one. A walk-off dunk is is insane. That's the first time I've ever seen that, actually. So <laughs> only um, UNT could pull that off. Yeah, that's a UNT. We we call it like choking or well, pretty much, yeah. We call choking the UNT special. The UNT special. Yeah. Every sport does it across the board. But yeah, football, basketball. I don't know what else. Softball, maybe. 
No, softball. Softball is the only team that comes through. I mean, no bias. Softball is the team that comes through all the time. They have an NCAA tournament final appearance or, or not the like a regional final appearance. Yeah. They've won CUSA. Last year, they weren't even supposed to make it like past the first round of the CUSA tournament pretty much, but they made it to the final lost on a really like bull BS call. Like I listen, I, I don't call calls BS that often. That was a BS call. Um, they lost on that. Um, but you know, they, they've come through and under Rodney DeLong, they've been really solid, but you think of like soccer, John Hedlund has done really great things with soccer, but they have never won a tournament game. They've made the tournament like over 10 times, but they've never won a tournament game. So yeah. Um, that's kind of tough, and obviously, yeah. men's basketball was successful, but they're kind of basketball was that school, they were that school. Basketball was that program yeah. that would get things that get the job done, right? I, you know, you kind of had confidence in them to get the job done, but it looks like this season taking a step back, and, and it's something yeah. they can't seem to. And it. hell, I mean, yeah. I mean, they still could, I mean, there's no one right. saying that they can't, but. You know what, Milo? I'm sick of talking about all this hardwood pause. I would like to move on to the gridiron, but not usual gridiron. We're off the gridiron. We're recruiting today. Big day for uh, the recruitment of North Texas. They pick up three big players. Mason Ferguson flipped like a pancake. He flipped from Louisiana Tech last week. He got visited by Eric Morris Claus. And he said, well, Sonny, I'll give you playing time at the University of North Texas. And he said, really? And, really? And, <laughs> and he committed. He got his gift. Um, so Mason Ferguson, three-star. We rate him an 84 composite coming out of North Crowley in North Fort Worth. My God. Almost very close to, to my hometown of Keller. Um Ferguson is on his way. Uh, they pick up Jaden Langley, a defensive lineman from Boswell. They're recruiting that Fort Worth area pretty well. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah Good they are. They yeah, they need to be. You doing would that. think you would think that a school being in the DFW area would get a good chunk of DFW recruits, but you would think always turn out like that. But that's yeah. not all, Milo. That's not all. Ooh. They get JJ Jean Louise. And let me tell you about J.J. Jean-Louis. He's a former three-star prospect. He comes from Iowa State. So is Capone bringing in his guys? Do you feel like maybe Matt Capone thinks that he can fix the defense with guys in his personnel that know his scheme? I mean, maybe. What was wrong with the guys that he already had? I mean, are we really going to call up? guy that was originally a big 12 talent i mean just comparing him uh, like it i don't know like i mean a big 12 talent is not there's no comparison between that and no uh, no i mean american talent a current american evan wood was solid but he battled injuries i don't think he's 100 percent at any point this season um what's it called um Jordan Brown was figuring it out. I expect him to have a bigger year next year. Um, and then you look at other guys like Weslowski. Weslowski was fine. I mean, I he, he got injured a lot, but he was always fine. He got knocked up, up a lot. But um, other than that, I, I feel pretty good about all the transfers and things. So 
uh, especially yeah, Jean Louise. Yeah, I, I don't know if it makes up for the 11 guys, 11, 12 guys that you lost in the portal, but uh, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just, uh, you do, you do, and 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 they've hit the portal pretty well. They got to hit the portal a hell of a lot harder, Milo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably, you probably got to build essentially UNT's task of building a whole new offense through the portal. I, I kind of have a chance at Malik Murphy. Probably not. Yeah. Probably you can not. say hell, I, you I, can I, say I, hell no, if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. I, I Probably not. It would be nice. It would be nice. But again, think about all the other schools. If he wants to stay in Texas, think about all the other schools. He'll have the option to go to. Right. Surely he's going P five, right? Like, yeah. There, yeah. there was I mean, that rumor were, last yeah. year. That he was gonna be he was gonna be paid like two million dollars to go to Bama. So yeah, and I think look, this is a guy that is he's a backup at Texas. He came in for Ewers and you know he 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 carried the load, right? He got the job done at Texas uh for the time being. So I, I think this is a guy that he proved that yeah, he can be a decent P five starter. Uh so I think it'd be a step backwards and a huge step backwards for him to go all the way to UNC. Yeah, for sure. So Xavier uh, yeah, Bryce, Bryce, former three-star, did come from Texas, is now on UNT. Oh, well, you know, could happen again. Yeah, on the website. I think the quarterback position, a little bit different. So immediately when Bryce committed, I was told, hey, Bryce committed before he posted on the on Twitter. And so once I hear that, I go to the website and I'm like, I put in the commitment, right? For some reason, our website was not working. And so Bryce did not get put on like the transfer list until right now. So the transfer list is updated for those uh, who are listening. But Milo, before we move on, I just want to talk to you about these transfers from UNT. We got some big commitments. Uh, Oscar Attaway third, South Carolina. You called it. Didn't you call I did. it? I did call yeah. it. Crystal uh, ball. Oscar, crystal ball. I'm Mario Crystal Ball. Uh, Oscar <laughs> Oscar Attaway heads to South Carolina. Chandler Rogers heads to California. Berkeley. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And the biggest one of all, Jamori Macklin heads to Kentucky. But <laughs> I want to before we talk about any of those. And I shouldn't be laughing. That's rude. Uh, let's let's address Stone Earl back to ACU. Yeah, I think it's kind of embarrassing. Right? I think yeah. if you're you're Stone Earl, right? You leave ACU for UNT. You say I'm moving on to bigger and better things. Essentially, the grass is greener effect that Mean Green fans hate. But except they benefited from the grass is greener situation kind of benefited from it, right? They got Stone Earl. He decides, you know, after losing the starting job to Chandler Rogers, he says, oh, well, I guess the grass wasn't really greener. It yeah. probably calls probably calls up his, uh, his old coach at ACU and says, coach, I'd hate to ask this, but <laughs> is, is there any possibility that there's an opening for me? You know, I'm, I'm back on the market. I'm looking for a job. 
Uh, what happened, Stone? It didn't work out for you? Not really. Look, I know that's probably not how it worked out, but I think it's kind of a it's kind of a tough situation if you're. It is. <laughs> it's kind of like a dog that like attacks something that it knows it can't beat, and then when that thing beats it, it like walks away with its tail in between its leg. Like, so my sister's dog Domino, he was like, he was like, squaring up on a dog named Bentley, who like fought it so we're hard. Name Monza that. Yeah, well, <laughs> Domino lost to this this dog Bentley. Bentley. Bro, bro ran back into his house with no collar. Um, oh my god! So he got messed up, tail between legs, scared. I'm not saying that Stone Earl was scared out of UNT. I'm saying Stone Earl thought maybe. I bet he had like a fist up saying Seth Latrell. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if they didn't get Rogers. Then there would have been a spot for him. Well, but he would have I been think the starter all yeah, season. No one's yeah, better. Than he him. would have been the starter, and then this team probably would have gone one and ten, right? Or you know, <laughs> one and eleven. <laughs> that's so <that's> harsh. <laughs> okay, but that's the pace that. Okay, statistically, that is the pace that they were on track for. I mean, yeah, starting. Yeah. I know it was early, but you know, let's let's be real here. When you got a guy like Chandler Rogers, who was literally the best quarterback in the America. Um, yeah. And I, I, I know Chris Pratt, or not Pratt, Michael Pratt. <laughs> Is it Chris Michael Pratt? Pratt? <laughs> Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Holy crap, guys. <laughs> I'm going to play football. <laughs> he plays everyone these days. Yeah, so I know Michael Pratt and Tulane, yeah. you know, but Joe Rogers, I think he was the best quarterback in America. Oh, when for you sure. Have that on your team, you're not going to see much of the gridiron. You're going to yep. see the the hard bench. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Chan the man is going to Cal, which is interesting to me. You want to know whose offensive coordinator will be? Mike Blesh. Big Blesh. Yeah. Former. I said it right. Yeah. You did. Former offensive coordinator for the UNT Mean Green under Latrell in his final season in 2021. Chandler Rogers said, I want me some of that. And so he transferred to Cal Berkeley. He'll likely be their starter. Uh, I don't see um, anyone beating him. Their quarterback this year was abysmal. So Chandler Rogers, QB1 at Cal, more than likely. I mean, so. I think this raises the question. Do you think that that's a good home for him? Do you think that that's, that's a home for him where you can say, okay, I think he deserves to be there. Or do you think there's that he could have gone to a higher school, a bigger school? Oh, I think he may. I mean, I think he did have higher offers and I'm sure he could have gone somewhere better, but I mean, Cal seems like an okay place. They're moving to the ACC. Yep. Um, lower end power five. There's just not much to say about it, really. It's just a strange move. You know, if Spavadol was still there, you go, okay, well, Jake Spavadol matches Chandler Rogers' game. Like, Jake Spavadol's offense was one that Rogers could excel in. Instead, Rogers goes to California. 
you know, I really thought Chandler may have ended up at Baylor, especially with shape. Yeah, I know you you said that before, and I agree yeah. with you. I thought Baylor would have yeah. been a great landing spot for him. Yeah, so it was a little bit weird to me that he did end up going to Cal. I mean, I haven't read what the what the Bear Territory guys have had to say about it, but you and know, they should be happy. And oh, they should be a stack. one of the I best mean, quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Oh, for sure. I mean, a top 10 quarterback in the transfer portal. And listen, he was the best quarterback in the American last season. I don't care who wants to debate that or say not the Chris SMU Pratt. game was this or that. Yeah, not, <laughs> not Chris Pratt. Uh, I don't care who wants to debate that. Maybe Michael Pratt was the best, uh, the best player in the in the in the conference by by proxy, but by you know skill set and performance on the field Chandler Rogers was the best in the AAC you know Chris Hummer wrote a quick little article about it he he got a quote from uh Chandler Rogers and or talked to Chandler Rogers and you know he what Chandler basically said is that you know there's a business side of college football and you, you got to go and get more money. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's, now that you mentioned that, I think it's a good move for him because Cal is going to pay him a lot of money. Now he's, he's going to deal with those California taxes, which uh, I'm dealing with right now. And, you know, but, <laughs> but it's going to be tough for him. But I, I, I mean, I think, it, I think it's a good, move. he's going to get a lot of money off it, right? He's going to yeah. get a lot of money off it. He's going to be the starter there too. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about, well, he could have gone to a bigger, bigger P5 school, uh, but it probably would have meant more competition for the starting job. I think he yeah. probably played his cards right, went to a, a safe P5 option there. For sure. And, you know, his offers were Cal, Arizona State, Syracuse, Illinois, Indiana, TCU, South Carolina, Washington, Washington State, Houston, East Carolina, Tulane, Troy. Yeah. Those were his confirmed offers. And, out of those, yes, I do feel like Cal would have been one of the better choices because nobody wants to play Big Ten West football, let's be honest. Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess he just wanted to get out of Texas, maybe. Uh, maybe the money wasn't at TCU. I thought TCU was an intriguing offer. Yeah, you would think. Point. Yeah, but, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I guess congrats to Chandler Rogers. I mean, he that guy grinded for uh, – for a chance at the power five level and he'll get it next season. I will be watching with a very close eye. Uh, he was a very, very, uh, nice player to, to cover always gave good answers, uh, enjoyable person to interview. Uh, so shout out to Rogers. Good luck in the ACC. Um, but the more high profile transfer Jamori Macklin to Kentucky. It's an interesting one, Milo. Yeah. He was recruited by, their incoming quarterback. He was. If I read that correctly. Yeah. So I think that, Amanda Griff. I think that's very interesting. I mean, have they ever played with each other before? Uh, no. But yeah. So I think it, it's it's interesting um, that he's that you know they've strung something together like they're Mahomes and Hill. So <laughs> I think that, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But Kentucky. They got two two big name transfers, and uh, I, I think they'll see a lot of success with both of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a pretty good one two combo, if you ask me. I mean, 
apparently Vandergriff looked at was, he, he apparently has given suggestions to who he wants in the portal. And I, I suppose that one of the people that he wanted was Jamori Macklin. And so Mark Stoop said, well, hell, son, we can go out and get Jamori Macklin. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, why, why not? <laughs> he said, Coach Stoops, can we go get Jamori Macklin? He said, well, I don't see a reason why not, son. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh shout out to Papa Stoops. He uh he got him he got him Jamori he got him a new weapon. Um so Stoops Stoops, Stoops. almost gets the job at AM. Yep. And uh as opposed to that, he gets a consolation prize of two of the top transfers. Yeah, there you go. College football. So yep. Yeah. Vandergriff is better than Beck. I'll say it now. I, I was not impressed by Carson Beck. Really? No, I wasn't. Oh, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen film on either of them, but I've seen seen stuff about Vandergriff going around. So yeah, Carson uh, Beck beat it. He beat out uh, Vandergriff at Georgia. Mm. Yep. But that's about all we have for the gridiron. Lots of transfers, lots of commitments. It's commitment season, ladies and gentlemen. Um, signing day approaches. Uh, I, I feel like this would be a really good opportunity. If you want to keep up with the latest in UNT football recruiting, follow me on Twitter at ReedSmith25. And usually it is me updating the recruiting board. Uh, so follow at MeanGreen247 and find us at MeanGreen247.com. There is a tab at the top that you press, and then you go to football recruiting. Then if you want to see portal stuff, you press transfer portal. Then if you just want to see commitments, press commitments. So it's a little bit of a process to get there, but uh, it's a worth it process because we work really hard on there. By we, I mean me. Um, Go and check out the latest in recruiting. We got you. It may not be much, but you are listening to another Mean Green Podcast. I want to end our UNT section off today, Milo, by talking about UNT women's basketball again, man, because they just don't lose. Going back to the hardwood. All right. Back to the lady hardwood. All right. Uh, UNT women's basketball under the coat, under the uh, control of Mr. Lone Star Conference himself, Jason Burton. He knows the Lone Star Conference in, in case yeah. y'all didn't know. Um He has these players playing fantastically. Uh, They lost in their fourth game of the season to Texas A&M and have not lost since. They are on a seven-game win streak. They are 9-1, 2-1 away from home, 5-0 at home. I mean, and it's not just like cheap victories. 74-57 over Pepperdine. 73-66 over Arkansas Pine Bluff, who, guess what, just beat a ranked Arkansas last week. 
uh, 84 to 50 over Alcorn State. I mean, they're ramming through opponents and they're doing it with the help of uh, one of their one of their uh, transfer players from this season who came with uh, Jason Burton, Desiree Kernal. 28.7 minutes a game is what she's averaging. Point wise, she's averaging 17.7. That's that's production right there. 17 that's points really in 28 Seven, minutes. 17 points per game in, in colleges. I mean, really good stuff. Yeah. So. It, she's been she's been really good. Tamisha Lampkin's been solid down low. Jocelyn Moore has been awesome guard. Diane Robinson, really solid. So this team is just rolling every time they do anything, Zach Babb texts us, and it's like, y'all got to make it out. Y'all got to come see yeah, him. You got to come was, support him. I was just about to say he must be having the time of his life as the voice of women's basketball at North Texas. Uh, I feel like his time being the voice, he hasn't really seen that much excitement going on, and I think this is probably the best women's basketball that he's probably had to call in a while and probably the best women's basketball that UT fans have seen in a while. Probably ever, honestly. Yeah. Probably I mean, ever. They're, yeah. they're heading it. I mean, just if they continue it, they're probably going to beat Louisiana uh, on Saturday, and they're probably going to beat Montana State uh, next Thursday before Christmas. You're looking at 11 and 1 heading into conference play. That's Louisiana, what? Louisiana Tech? Yeah. Because uh, not, no. not LSU, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pardon me, Louisiana. Just no, no, no. The raging Cajuns, Milo. The uh, raging, the raging Cajuns. Cajuns. The raging yeah. Cajuns. Yeah, not not um, LSU with the Angel Reese. No. Although with her grades slipping and everything, and, you know, we we've, we've heard about that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they might stand a fighting chance. But yeah, so uh, yeah, looking at eleven and one, twelve and zero, oh, baby. <laughs> did, you, did you see? Did you see? Oh my God! Shut up, Milo. I was right though, dude. Did you? <laughs> Did you see that meme of Angel Reese doing the thingy to Caitlin Clark, yeah. the hand wave thing? And, yeah. some, and somebody said, Angel Reese to history books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, check that GPA. Check yeah, check words. that GPA. Shout out Angel Reese. Uh, you know, John Field. You know, you know what? You know what? Sorry. You know what's crazy? It's these athletes. They take the easiest courses, right? I know, dude. Like, I'm a communications minor, and I see a lot of athletes in my communications yeah. classes. But, and, dude, communications discussion posts are like, describe a time that you had a conflict with a coworker. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and I, and I did, I minored in sports, uh, sports management. So, like, I also saw a bunch of athletes in those courses. Although, actually, you know, I take it back. I didn't see a lot of them because they all skipped the class because it was so easy. So, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call any names, but I had a class with with one of them that's on the uh, men's wow. basketball team, and uh, I yeah, too had never it. showed up. So, uh, I too had. Do you know what's funny about this? So, stats my freshman year, I did have a Boo Osman uh, Usman in my class. Yeah, I don't know if he showed up or not because I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, getting back to our point, I don't. How can how can you be failing classes, right? I mean, you just don't show up. But like, it's like the easy they're the easiest classes that you could possibly take as a college student. I don't so, know. I mean, if you're an athlete, especially getting the amount of money that Angel Reese is. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Like, do you think Livy Dunn goes to class? <laughs> no, she sits. She sits in her uh, in her high rise apartment in Louisiana all day and films TikToks. Yeah, no, Livy Dunn ain't going to class, bro. Yeah, no. she has an assistant that does that. But um, <laughs> yeah, UNT women's basketball very very good this season. Nine and one, seven game win streak. I don't see the train stopping anytime soon. Shout out Jason Burton. Call him the culture changer because. This team was not one. This is a team built upon mediocrity, but now they're built upon hard work and, I mean, beating ass. Really, I mean, that's all you can really say about it. They're kicking ass. Yeah, yep. yep. I mean, that's that's pretty much the best way to put it. And uh, well, give them their credit; they are the basketball team at the moment. They are. Campus. They are the premium team. And I don't usually say this about teams, but they deserve to be playing in front of better crowds than they are. So. UNT fans should probably make their way out to go watch some women's basketball. From what I've heard and what I've seen in the stats and on Twitter and things, it's one of the better shows that you can go watch at UNT right now. So go enjoy that. Learn something about the Lone Star Conference because apparently if you know the Lone Star Conference, you know how to win games. Yep. All right. Milo, look at my left wrist. Look at it. It's time! Let's go! You can see the imprint of a watch. Let's get into it, baby. But I, I need you to check my timing this time. It's time. Yeah. For Milo's take. Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. All right, Milo, what's up? Referring to myself in third person. Oh, Michael Penix Jr. robbed of the Heisman. Oh, gosh. Shut the hell up. No evil. Heisman either. Trophy. Was oh revealed past Here weekend. we go. Here we go. I think he was robbed. Personally, this is a guy who carried Washington all the way. I know you could say, well, he had the best offense in college football. He's the best wide receivers. He was still arguably the best quarterback in college football. I know you could say, oh, Jaden Daniels was statistically better. Okay, but, you know. He was statistically better. I'm not just saying is. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Penix had, uh, he had more competition. He had he had better competition to go up against, uh, you know that Oregon beating Oregon twice was not easy, not easy at all. First of all, you beat them in the middle of the season to to jump them in the rankings, and second of all, you beat them when it really matters when you need to make the college football playoff, and you beat them. So again. so you're so, saying fifty touchdowns doesn't matter? Fifty touchdowns? I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I just look. I personally think that Penix was robbed because all year long we're talking about Penix and Washington and how good they are and. Their main guy doesn't even win a Heisman. Well, yeah, who cares? It's not a team award. Everybody, I'm, I know that all of the people that win it, they say, oh, they, they say the Heisman ain't a team award, but uh, I'm here to say that couldn't have done it without my team. Okay, yes, it's a team award in that sense, but it is an individual award that that is given to the most deserving individual. It does not matter if Washington went 13 and 0. I know I'm like hijacking your section here, but Milo. Okay, but, but I didn't. I, I don't know about you, but I didn't. I heard more about Penix than Daniels until like week 11. Week yeah, 10, we week all 11. did. The hype was huge. No, uh, the, the hype so why the hell did this guy win the Heisman then? Because he had the better stats and he was the better player all season. I don't know what to tell you, dude, but I think Penix was robbed because. Like I said, all year long we're talking about this guy, and I think mock drafts have Penix going pretty high in the first round. 
and uh, yeah, I didn't even win the Heisman. So I think he was robbed. I think I think. <laughs> well, he's going to be playing in in two weeks, right? He's he's going to be playing in, in two weeks while well, Daniels is not. So, you know, yeah. um, and I, you know, I, I personally, I think that Daniels is a guy that we're probably not going to hear much of, right? I think he's probably going to get drafted late in the first round, and he probably <laughs> Dude, probably won't hear very much. Jaden Daniels might have just lifted himself to a top fifteen pick, yeah, maybe a top five. I could see. Okay, now could, you're reaching. Now you're reaching. No, okay. Now you're reaching. You, you I, they have Bo Nix. You don't, they have you Bo Nix and the Commanders would take a would take a waiver on him. No, no. The Commanders because you got so many better options pick. out there. You got so many better options out there. Like who are you? Drake take May. Up? You got Drake May over him. Drake May is mid as hell. Drake May. I'd take, take him over Daniels. I wouldn't. Drake May has been hyped for like three years. I'd take him over Daniels. Great. Caleb Williams is going to be the best quarterback out of this class. Of course. And everyone of else course. Is There's no discussion about that. But Daniels is not a top five. He's not a top five pick. Is he a top five quarterback in this class? Yeah, probably. But I, not, listen, not, listen. Jaden Daniels is low-key a bigger version of Kyler Murray. And you're big on Kyler Murray. He's a low-key bigger and taller version of, of Kyler Murray. Yeah, but that's that's what makes Kyler Murray so elusive. Well, have, you small, Jayden, smaller have you watched Jaden Daniel tape? If you want to nope. talk about elusive, <laughs> nope. I'm being honest, I have not. But like I said, the eye test and the media show that Penix should have won the Heisman. Should have won the Heisman. Got all the hype. Penix is Penix is ranked higher than Daniels in all these mock drafts. So. I think Penix was robbed of the Heisman there. Listen, show me, can you? Okay, you love showing them such. Show me the voting stats. Show I me, show me the vote. By the how voting, much did the voting yeah. stats? Yeah, by, show by me quite by, a, much. by quite a large margin. It was the closest in in like a while, but um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, you should have told me this before the show because now I have to look it up. What Deloitte did so. Oh, it was, yeah, it was Deloitte. So it was 503 to 292 first place votes. 500 and how many? 503 for Daniels. 293 people don't know ball. Oh is. my God, bro, you're <laughs> tripping. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I will admit, I don't have very much to my claim. I know it doesn't look very good. Statistically, Daniels had, oh, he had one of the best quarterback seasons in in uh in a while i get it but again opinion here it's milo's take milo's take because that penix should have won the heisman and i'm sure there's people out there that will agree with me i'm sure that there's people out there that will agree you do you want to hear my hot take i think jane daniels will be taken way before michael penix in the draft we can do i think penix is an exclusive read take yeah We'll do we'll do what's it called in April. We'll have we'll do a draft episode where we talk about all the college players in it. And here we go. Welcome to Reed's take. And I'm gonna hit the Charles Barkley again. I guarantee it that Jaden Daniels goes in the top ten ahead of Penix. And and listen, you and Caleb and John don't know ball because you always tell me, well, Penix. Actually, you don't know what you're talking about because Penix is. Yeah, you're hating on his release. You hate on his, his release. release sucks. It sucks. Okay. 
It's not good. But listen, here's I will say this, and I, I will I don't, I'm never gonna cover NFL, I don't think. I'm a Seahawks fan. If he doesn't go in the top 10, what Pete Carroll could do with Jaden Daniels, chef's kiss, ladies and gentlemen, chef's kiss. But we'll see. I don't think he drops that much. I guarantee it. I think he goes top 10. I think Penix is probably a no-show in his NFL career. Okay. Well, I think the same thing for Daniels. There you go. Well, all right. Well, that's fine. We can settle it. We can do our classic agree to disagree then. We will. It will be an interesting podcast next year because we'll we're just gonna keep um we're just gonna keep talking mad mess to each other. Yeah. Uh so is what it is, man. It is what it is. Yep. Yep. Anyway, let's get to cornball of the week. You start us off. Draymond Green. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Draymond Green, Cornball of the Week. As I read this now, the NBA is suspending Golden State's Draymond Green indefinitely. And this is from Woj. Oh my goodness. This changes my take because this was literally, this was like less than an hour ago. This, oh is, this is 12 minutes ago. The NBA suspends Draymond Green indefinitely. This furthermore proves why Draymond Green is cornball of the week. So, essentially, Draymond Green sucker yeah. punched someone. Now, I don't know if that's the reason he why he's getting suspended, but... Uh, uh, I mean... I mean, yeah, he sucker punched Jordan Poole a year ago, and then... What did he do yesterday? Okay, yeah, yeah. I so, no, no, no. So, so, yeah, so, no, that's exactly, this is exactly what's going on. I'm reading this from Shams now. Sources, Golden State's Draymond Green is expected to receive counseling and work with the Warriors and NBA while suspended after striking Phoenix's Yusuf Nurkic in the head on Tuesday night. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. That is my cornball of the week because Draymond literally whirls around. He, you know, he's he's um he's talking with Nurkic here, yeah. um, and he just – he whirls around and just whacks him upside the head. Yep. The Draymond I mean, special. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like – let me pull up the video here. I got the video here. Yeah. He was given a flagrant two and ejected. He's being held by Nurkic. Nurkic is holding him. And Draymond just spins around, whoosh, whacks him. And, uh, I mean, this is this is crazy. And this yeah. is not the first time that Draymond has sucker punched someone. No, right? it's definitely. I think this is what, like the third time. He also so, put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. Yeah, he put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, Mister COVID. And um, COVID. I mean, this is brutal. This is brutal stuff. And now, literally twelve minutes ago, the NBA suspends him. Not not the Golden State Warriors. The NBA specifically suspends him indefinitely for doing something like this. Uh, and now they say that he needs to, you know, they're going to give him some uh, some proper ethical training and counseling. I mean, Cornball. okay. Cornball. Cool. I mean, this guy's been kicking dudes in the nuts. He sucker punched a teammate. He hit the crap out of Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, what else can this guy do to 
really get get a deserving suspension. Yeah, I think he's he's gonna start Malice in the Palace V two, dude. He'll he'll start yeah. going. He'll, he'll say he'll say yeah, players just aren't enough. I don't get the same rush, you know, knocking out a player. I gotta go to the fans. So, oh my I, gosh, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll. we'll We'll see what happens with Draymond Green, but he's my cornball of the week because he cannot stop beating people up. Yeah, he can't, and I think that's a worthy uh, that's a worthy cornball of the week. There you go. Uh, my honorary cornball, Patty Mahomes, for complaining about that loss. Oh my, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. What the hell is Josh Allen supposed to say when Patrick Mahomes walks up and he's like? That was the worst call I've ever seen in my life. It's like, what, what do you want? What do you want him to say? Yeah. yeah, sorry, we beat your ass, man. My bad. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. So, sorry, we're just better than you. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll talk to the rest next time. Make sure you get that call, Patty. Yeah, yeah. Just and, and he's acting like a diva here, complaining about a loss. Like he got, yeah, you get, you might have gotten screwed by the refs, but um, you know, Tony's foot was on the line. Dude, Canarius Tony deserves to be like hail married out of the stadium. Yeah, that guy he, is a penalty waiting to happen. Hates him. Yeah, yeah. How many times has he not come up for the team? I don't know, but I picked him up in fantasy, and he yeah, he's been abysmal. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, who on what advisement did you do that? Jesus. Um, I needed to drop uh, Marvin Mims. I dropped the memes for yeah, it's it's rough out here, but yeah, I I, I had to drop him. The so Russell was, Wilson oh, target take... Marvin Mims challenge, very hard. Yeah, I said, well, I'll just take Tony because he's on the Chiefs, yep. and you know maybe, yep. maybe Patty Mahomes will hit him up a couple times. Should have no. taken Rice. Yeah, probably. Yep. But yep. yep. Yeah. So that's a honorary cornball of the there week. My honorary cornball is Patty Mahomes. There you go. All right, my cornball of the week is an obscure one. It doesn't have to do with mainstream sports, and it doesn't really have to do with sports at all. My cornball of the week is uh, in Tampa, Florida. Betting was just made legal. (laughs) Oh, man. For the first time. And the first bet in Tampa was for the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup. A little bit of hockey going on here. It ain't think it's a cornball move? It's a cornball move. The Lightning do not have the sauce this season. Look, I understand that they had the back-to-back seasons. That's fine. Good for the Lightning. They're 13-12-5 right now. They're not doing anything in the Atlantic Division. They've been outplayed by the Panthers, the Bruins, the Leafs, and the Red Wings have all been better than them this season. So placing a lot of money on a team that only that just got beat Four to one by the Canucks? Are you kidding me right now? Vancouver's having a good year. Vancouver's having a real good year. You got to give them okay. Listen, another thing. Another thing that that I don't know. I don't know if you know about it. Andre Vasilevsky, you know, former Vesna Trophy winner, former Conn Smythe Trophy winner. uh, Vasilevsky was previously the best goalie in the league for a while, a couple years. Um, He has like an eight nine four this season, right? Yeah, but he was injured for the first couple games of the season. Yeah. So that it could explain Tampa was was without their franchise goalie for a few weeks or I think it was the first month actually he was out. 
So, you know, that could have explained the rough start. But, I, I mean, Tampa's also got Nikita Kucherov is, is balling. Oh, yeah, I mean. He's playing really good. Kucherov um, has he, – lead, he leads the league in points. Yeah, I, I mean, he's so. – he's, He's doing phenomenal, and anytime, anytime you got, you got a guy like that on your team, and you got Vasilevsky too, and this is still a Tampa team that they should still make the playoffs, right? They should still make the playoffs. Uh, will they be a wild card team? Maybe. I mean that that Atlantic division is looking pretty good so far this year. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean I don't know, but to win the cup, I do think that's a little cornbally. It seems like that's very much a, you know a fan bet. You know, just to, sure. to bet and say, yeah, well, I'm a big fan of the Bolts, and uh, now gambling is legal in my state, so I'm going to go ahead and bet all my chips on them to win the yeah. cup. Yeah. Yep. That's cornball move to me. Uh, and I think that it's not even fanalism. It's fan bet. Yeah, fan that betting. Is, fan, that fan is duel. A, that fan, is a thing. Fan, fan duel so, betting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Lightning don't have the sauce this year. Sure, I know they got Kucherov. Kucherov's been great this season. Really good. I mean, good for them, I guess. If they do it, I know that guy will be happy. But as I look across the league, Milo, I just see many teams that are better than them in their own conference. You know, I don't see them that there is good as the Bruins or Rangers of the world in the East. You know, I just don't no. think they're in that echelon of, of ability right now. No, I don't think so. And this season's honestly a little bit surprising. I think there's a lot of teams out there that are, um, you know, giving teams that used to be good or the top teams in the league, they're giving them a run for their money. I mean, you got Vancouver, the Kings, uh, and Detroit sitting in 11th. I mean, Detroit has missed the playoffs for, I think, the past five years. Detroit has not been in the playoffs for a long time. And, uh, you know, it looks like they're going to be a playoff team this year, which I think Detroit was expected to be good. Um, I don't know, 11th, maybe a little high. I don't think that many people expect them to be this good. But there's a lot of teams that are performing very well this year um, that have surprised people. So Tampa For being sure. a little bit lower in the standings, um, somewhat of a surprise, somewhat not. But I, I think their, their dynasty is uh, probably coming to an end. Yeah, but you still have the usual suspects in the top three of the East, Bruins, Rangers, Panthers. I mean, obviously the Panthers were the surprise team of the year last year, but really oh, solid yeah. this year, 17-9 and two, uh, or pardon me, just 17-9. and nine. They've been just really, really solid building off of that postseason run. Uh, I don't know if they'll make another postseason run like that, but, you know, they've been really good this one or so yeah, far. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll... – We'll see what happens with Florida, uh, but I mean, they they did surprise everyone. They barely squeaked into the playoffs. But you know, I, I sit there and I, I think of it. Was it really much of a surprise? Because this is a team that last year they went out, they made a big move, they traded Huberto for Matthew Kachuk, and Kachuk clearly was the winner in that in that case. I remember when that trade yeah. broke, every everybody was like, "Oh, Calgary just fleeced them." Calgary got their their number one defenseman. And uh, actually, I think I think it was the other way around. I think everyone was saying Florida fleeced them because Florida got uh, Carter Verhage. Florida got Carter Verhage and Matthew Kachuk out of yeah. that deal, uh, I think. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, both of those players just carried Florida all the way. But there's a Florida team that the year before, they also had 50 wins and they won the President's Trophy. Yeah. So it's very interesting that they won the President's Trophy, 50 wins, 
and then they barely squeak in with an improved roster the following year. Yep. But they make it all the way to the cup final. You know, I've always found Matthew Tuchuk pretty interesting because how many ball, how many uh, people that play puck do you know that play that are that are from Scottsdale, Arizona? Listen, I know that I'm dating well, it comes a from the Tuchuk family. I know he, I know he does, yeah. but it, it's funny that they're from Scottsdale. I, listen, I know that I'm dating a hockey player that is from Fort Worth, Texas, but it's still funny when when people from hot weather places play hockey. It's like, how does yeah, that happen? Here's, here's another one for you. Austin Matthews grew up in Arizona. Uh, yeah. He did. Born, born in California, grew up in Arizona. He's a Coyotes wow. fan, and now he's the best goal scorer in the league. He's gonna well, he's probably gonna win the Richard yeah. again. So you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for him having to grow up in, <laughs> grow up in, in Arizona, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry for that, um, Austin Matthews, the Maple Leaf himself. But a little bit of puck talk here. A little yeah. bit of puck. Yeah, I'm sure I'm getting more into uh, puck a little bit. Uh, you know, the old girlfriend plays puck, so. I'm trying to be a little bit more puck-minded for her puck purposes. <laughs> I'm learning it. I learned what a neutral zone was recently. Uh, I know, I know, I now know Maybe what shooting. I now know what shooting from the point is. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, I've I've learned a lot of things. Delayed penalties, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I feel like I've learned. But yeah, my cornball of the week is the guy that bet on the lightning because listen, the only lightning I'd ever bet on was that for the piston cup lightning McQueen. We're Lightning McQueen's going to win the piston cup. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, like a dude like me would have just gone. I would have gone past the line and then gone and get gotten the King, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get the title. Get your brother. chip. Yeah. Get your chip and then go help. But I, I guess, I guess he had a moral obligation to that. you know, is a very wise uh, car once said, uh, it's just an empty cup. Yeah, very wise car. Very wise yeah. car, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Paul Newman. Uh, we are done on, on another <laughs> yeah, We are done. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done. We're calling it quits. Yeah. yeah, we just talked about Puck for 10 minutes and are now talking about the children's movie Cars. So we're going to call it an episode. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We very much enjoy it. Um, we appreciate everyone who's been tuning in. We have gotten more people tuning in lately. And let me tell you, that just fills Milo and my heart up with Christmas joy. For Christmas, all we would like is more people to listen to another Mean Green podcast. You want to know how to do that and you know how to never miss an episode? Here's a very good way. Follow both of us on Twitter. I'm Reed. My ex is Reed underscore Smith 25. Milo's is Milo's tweets. It sounds exactly how you think it does. There you can, we always repost it. It will also be reposted on Mean Green 24-7. That is where you can find the most easy link to the episodes. And if you are so inclined, maybe you should become a VIP. I mean, think about the advantages that you could have as a VIP. We talk a lot about basketball lately because that's what's in season. You know who gets basketball content? All of it? Well, that would be Mean Green 24-7 VIPs. If you become a VIP today, you get access to all of your favorite basketball content for the Mean Green written by yours truly. When you subscribe, you'll be greeted by great stories 
such as by the numbers, a look at UNT's wins and losses via facts and figures during the season. Tune into that and become a VIP to read all of the content. You will not want to miss it. <sighs> that is all I have for today. That's all Milo has for today. We hope you enjoyed this an hour and 20 minute episode of another Mean Green podcast. Merry Christmas, folks. We're getting oh so close to the holiday season. Stay safe.